Tonight, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about a word that God gave me, I believe, uh, for this year, for my life, the past couple of years. God has given me a word for the year. And it was literally one word, and that word was trust. I was praying and um, late last year, and I just felt like that was the word God spoke to me. And so since then, I have um, changed uh, the way I pray a little bit because of that word that God gave me. So I'll share a little bit about that at the end. Um, but I also want to ask, what does trust look like in our lives? Are we really trusting God? And then I want to take a look at one of the many ways that Abraham trusted God. Um, so let's just let's start with a, a prayer right now. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about your word. I pray that you would anoint me as I speak. God, touch us, challenge us, convict us, and help us, God, to apply your word to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, very popular passage, passage of Scripture. It talks about trust, and it says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Your heart, that thing that Jeremiah said that was deceiving above everything else. Don't trust in anything except for God. Like put all of your trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Or in other words, seek God's will for your life. And it says that he will direct your paths. So like many scriptures, uh, God challenges us to be obedient. And if we are obedient in this, there's a promise connected to it. And so what does it say? It says, trust in the Lord and acknowledge him. And then it says, he will direct our paths. So in our everyday life, what does it mean to trust? I think that most often the, the term trust is used in the context of relationships, but it's certainly not limited to that. Our very first moments of the day actually involve trust. We trust our technology, whether it be an alarm clock or our phones. We trust that that alarm's gonna go off, wake us up, help us be at work on time. And then also, it's partly because of trust that we continue to go back to certain restaurants and businesses. Why is that? It's because over time, they've provided a consi consistent product with consistent service. So over time, that business or that restaurant has earned our trust. You also earn trust with your friends, your family, your spouse, some of those people you depend on to be there for you when life kind of gets hectic. And then finally, as Christians, and ultimately, and most importantly, we put our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ. And we really lean on God in so many areas of life, whether it be your health, your finances, your relationships, and maybe you find yourself trusting God for a specific thing in this season, maybe your marriage or your kids, what job you're at. Um, and, and like I said, ultimately, it all goes back to Jesus. At the end of the day, we trust that his word is true and that after this life here on earth is over, we're going to get to spend an eternity 
with Jesus. That's what we're trusting in. Um, around five years ago, um, I was about to go out of town, and I was on Airline Highway in Prairieville, and I saw a sign that said, oil change for $29.95. How many of you have seen a sign like that? I have seen multiple around town. Well, this particular day, I decide to go in and get an oil change. It's um, a five-minute oil change, and lo and behold, it did take them about five minutes. It was pretty quick. Um, And so, anyway, we get to the end of the process. The the guy, very helpful, he hands me the receipt, and I look at it, and I break out into a cold sweat because the receipt doesn't reflect what was on the sign. And I'm just thinking, man, I'm about to have have an awkward conversation, interaction with this guy that really has no control over the price. And so the bill ended up being $80 for an oil change. Still to this day, I don't know how that happened. He gave me some baloney about having to have a special filter and, uh, you know, you need this many quarts of oil instead of this many. And needless to say, that business didn't, didn't even have a chance to build trust with me. Like I knew in that moment I wasn't going back. And it's probably no coincidence that that business is out of business now. And so although that is like a silly, lighthearted example, we've all had moments where our trust was broken. Um, And being deceived like that is really one of the fastest, easiest ways to break trust with someone. It can be painful at times, and broken trust can really be heartbreaking, sometimes even devastating, and it can require time to heal. There's a lot that life can throw at us. And I know we've all had experiences like that at some point or another. And not always, but oftentimes, those moments are things that are really completely out of our control. And I'm not here to promise that nothing bad will happen or come your way, but I am here to offer you hope. And that hope is our Heavenly Father, a God who has never lied, a God who is so big that under, he understands our needs before we even ask. And the cool part is it's a, he's a God that doesn't just look down from his throne in the heavens, look down on our problems and, and think to himself, man, that's like a really tough situation they're going through. God chooses to interact with us daily, showing us favor. And also, God can empathize with us in the way that he has walked in our shoes before. He robed himself in flesh, came to this earth, and, and so he knows what pain feels like. And here's a few, just three things I wrote down that Jesus experienced that, um, that we experience in our lives. And my point is, with all of this, God knows and he understands hurt. He, his best friend Peter denied him three times And then when Jesus needed his friends the most, right before he was crucified, they they fell asleep praying. Um, Instead of praying, they end up falling asleep. And then Judas, one of his best friends that had followed him and, and was his closest friend, right after Jesus washes his feet, Judas betrays Jesus by selling him. Could you imagine? 
And, and some of that pain that Jesus experienced is really just scratching the surface. God was the spotless Lamb of God. He laid down his life for us, and he walked through that pain and suffering as the God of all creation so that we could have a relationship with him. So let's take a look now at a beautiful demonstration of what I believe our trust in God should look like. And it's in uh, Genesis 22, verse 1 through 18. The subtitle of this passage, it says, Abraham's faith tested, one of the many times. It says this, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. He called on Abraham. Yes, he replied, here I am. And God said this to him, take your son, your only son, Isaac, who you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. So I love Abraham's lack of hesitation and his enthusiasm here. It says the very next day, he gets up early, saddles his donkey, takes two servants with them, and they head out for this mountain. On verse 4, it says on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up, saw the place in the distance, and he looks at his servants and he says, stay here with the donkeys. And I love this. It says, the boy and I will travel a little further We'll worship there, and then we will come back together. Right there, Abraham, knowing that God has just asked him to sacrifice his only son, tells his servants that they both will come back. I love the confidence that Abraham has in this moment. And in verse 6, Abraham places the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them walked together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? And so at this point, it's starting to get a little bit weird. Isaac's wondering where the sacrifice is. In verse eight, it says, Abraham said, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And they both walked on together. And when they arrived where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar, arranges the wood, ties his son Isaac on the altar. And it says Abraham picks up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. Crazy obedience on Abraham's behalf. God's asked him to do some crazy things up until now. This isn't the first time that God has asked Abraham to do something bizarre. But it's maybe the most bizarre thing that we've seen Abraham do so far in his life. And in verse 11, we see an angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, he replies, yes, here I am. The angel says, don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld your son, even your only son, from me. And I'd like to point out here that the angels are active here on this earth, I believe, even today. And in this moment, we see the angel of the Lord watching to see if Abraham is obedient to God and speaks on God's behalf. And then in verse 13, it says, Abraham looked up, saw a ram 
caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Verse 15, the angel of the Lord speaks to Abraham again, says, because you've obeyed me, I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Huge promise here, because Abraham obeyed. And in verse 18, it says, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. The amount of trust that Abraham had in God was just simply amazing. It was astonishing. And maybe your trust in God feels tested right now. I, I know Abraham had to have feel, felt tested. And trusting God isn't something that just comes naturally. It's often a struggle because it means giving up something that doesn't always make perfect sense to us. It may be that you're in a section of your life that's truly one of those lean not into your own understanding moments. And just because your test and your circumstance feels contradictory to God's promise doesn't mean you should justify disobedience just to receive the promise. Abraham could have looked at God and said, well, that sounds crazy. You're asking me to kill my son that you promised me. But rather, we find Abraham obeying God in what seemed like a contradiction to God's promise. And just like God tests our faith, he sometimes likes to test our patience. He let Abraham get to that very last moment. And then finally, seeing that he was going, going to be obedient, stopped him. And just like Abraham, we've got to learn to set our feelings, our desires to the side. And even when it's hard, lean in to God's word. God tested Abraham not to trip him up, but to deepen his capacity to obey God, thus developing Abraham's character. God likes to refine us through tough situations. And we shouldn't get so hung up on the promise that we stop trusting the guy who made the promise. In Romans 4, 20 through 25, it says this, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promises, and because Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous, not just for Abraham's benefit, but also for our benefit. And it goes on to say in verse 25 that God was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Abraham displayed his heart towards God in that he was willing to give up his only son. And God displays his heart towards us in the same way, by giving his only begotten son. And I want to build your confidence tonight. Maybe your faith, your trust in God is lacking but in Jeremiah, it says this, blessed is the one whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. It says they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. So knowing all of this, knowing all that Abraham did, how do we practically apply this in our lives? How do I trust God more? 
I mentioned earlier that I started to change a little bit of how I prayed, and it's been very powerful in my life, and it's simply this. A good example would be, God, I trust you with my health. God, I trust you with my finances. I found myself in a season, maybe you have too, where I, I was talking to God, but I was complaining a lot about the season I was in, about what I didn't have and what I wanted and what I felt like God had promised me. And I just tweaked the way that I was wording my prayer just a little bit. God, I trust you that you're going to give me peace in my mind. I trust you with my family. I trust you with where I go to school, whether or not I go back to school. I trust you with where I work and what I do, God. I lean into you, even though I may not have all the answers right now, I trust you. And I, I went from something like, like this. Maybe you're saying, God, I'm, I'm tired of this situation. Maybe the job you're in, it takes you away from your family. Maybe you don't like your job. Maybe you're in a situation you don't understand. I just want to challenge you to go from that to, God, I might not fully understand, but I trust that you're in control. And I trust, God, that if you want me to do this or that, you'll let me know. If you want me to move, you'll move me. God, I trust you. And here's my favorite part. If you're willing to, to take a step of faith and trust God, even if you make a mistake, which we inevitably all will at some point, God is able to take any mistake you might make and turn it for his good, for your good. So if you're questioning and you, you're doubting, just take a step of faith and watch what God does. If you trust God, there's literally no way to lose because even if you make a mistake, like I said, God can change that for your good. And then number two, so that's the first way we can increase trust. How do we trust God more? And number two is simply scripture, praying scripture. If you want more blessing in your uh, finances, if you're trusting God for a miracle in your finances, find the prayer of Jabez and pray that. Declare it over your life. If you need a healing in your body, find a, a scripture connected to how God is our healer and pray it. Write it down. Declare it every single day. And if you continue to write it and declare it, you'll eventually begin to believe it. And I believe God can work in that type of environment. And he, he wants to answer your prayer. So just continue to do that. Write it down, declare it, and believe it. So what area is God asking you to trust? Let me encourage you, after you do all of this, it, it's easier said than done, but try to release control. Release control. God, I trust you. Just like faith without works is dead, trust demands action. If God is asking you to do something, take a step of faith and trust him. Just like Brendan talked about on Sunday, take a step into the Jordan and watch as God parts the waters and helps you through your situation. I know for me, I've been trying to live my life with an open hand. And what I mean by that is I, if you have your hands like this, God is able to give to you, but also your position to give to others. 
So you're positioned to give and also to receive. But when you're positioned like this, it's really hard to get anything in and out of your hands. And so we must trust God by opening our hands and letting God move through us. There's a story in 2 Kings. It's of a widow that is in debt. Her husband has just died, and she's in need of money to pay off all of this debt. And so Elisha tells this lady that if she'll just take her single jar of olive oil and then collect several other jars, as many as she can find, and to start pouring that olive oil into the jars, that God would continue to supply that oil until there were no more jars left. And so she went out, collected as many as she could find, and sure enough, the oil flowed as long as she had jars for the oil to go into. God is our provider. He knows about your needs. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And I believe we can trust God for anything that we need in our lives. Let's all stand together right now. We can't always trust the oil change station. We can't always trust Chick-fil-A to get our order right. I'm just kidding. We can't always trust that. But you may be asking, why, why can I trust God like this? The truth is God's track record is completely spotless. He became sin that knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. And God provided a substitute for Isaac. But when it was time for God to die on the cross, he chose to willingly lay down his life. He gave his only begotten son so that we could live in relationship with him, but also so that we would have the promise of eternity with him. God is not a man that he would lie. You can go all in with God. You can trust him with everything. And I challenge you to trust God in spite of whatever you're going through, in spite of unanswered prayers. I, I challenge you to trust God that his plan is beyond our comprehension sometimes. It's better than our plans. And choose to believe that his love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Let's all pray together right now. God, I thank you for your faithfulness, Jesus. I thank you that we can trust you with every aspect of our life. I worship you, God, for who you are. I thank you for coming to this earth, dying for our sins, God. I thank you for every single prayer you've answered. And, and God, I thank you for every unanswered prayer that I might not understand. But God, I trust you. Help us to trust you more. In Jesus' name.